It's the Benz Brunani woman is Baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this Baby sit down, sit down, receive this realness Make sure your cup's ready for the tea we are go sipping yo Hard time scrolling for your long shorts You might learn something you never know Could let you find And she's one of a kind Don't say you mind, say you mind be in trouble if you left me now cause i don't know where to look for love i just don't know how big tune big tune don't know why that was on my mind i just you know me i love a bang girl and i haven't remixed a song in a minute have i um i don't think i have i don't think i have i'm no let me not start messing around because if I stay in this office recording this past an hour, I'm not my father's child. Like, yo, let me get out because it's actually too much. No, why does my skin look radiant? No, can we take a minute? Can we take a minute? This is what happens when your heart is clean. I'm joking. You know when people get really self-righteous? Like, no, the reason I look like this is because my heart pure. Shut up. Shut up. Why am I like boxing up the mic? Hopefully it's still recording before I lose sound. I was recording somebody's um, month ahead tarot reading the other day. And I was so lucky. The sound was o- that only cut out for a little bit of it. Imagine just recording, recording and it's silence. Jesus. Anyway, if you're wondering who you're listening to slash watching, it's me as the baby girl, the published author. Kelechi, the author. Are you nuts? Kelechi, the author. Carful, and this is SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What. That's right, suck your mum. And I am back once again. Like, is it the Renegade Master? I say that all the time. I probably say the wrong lyrics. I don't know lyrics. But what we should know is at the time of listening to this, unless you're listening to this sometime in the past or in the future, it's my birthday next week. It's my birthday. It's my birthday. Ooh. I'm so excited. I don't know, like, of course I know why people don't like to get older. They don't want to get grey. They don't want to do all of these things. They worry about what they've accomplished. Fam, I ain't worried about a damn thing. For me to be alive, doing all of the things that I'm doing, just being here, being a baby girl. Nah, fam, it's a cause to celebrate. So I expect your homework. I expect 10 lines in my inbox or in stories, you can sing it to me if you want to. Just telling me that you love me. You love me. No, no, you don't have to do that. But again, if you do, I, remix a song for me. For my birthday, remix a song for me and put my name in it. It better be a good song because if you come and sing Madness Over My Life, I'll lambast you. So um, a cute song, a cute, quick remix. Doesn't have to be verses on verses. Um, Yeah. Wishing me a happy birthday And of course I will be next week Saturday So that will be Saturday 7th of October I will be at Peckham Playground Doing the live show um, of Say Your Mind I really want to try my hand at stand-up So I think that I'm saying that I'm probably going to flop it But um, my mum said I should stop speaking ill over my own life No, so I'm going to do a great job But I just want to test out new formats Because I feel like I've got it in me I feel like I've got it in me To create a different framework To how live shows are done I think I've already done it with my previous live shows Like I'm a Don But I, I want to push the boundaries a bit more 
um, and I've got some ideas. But again, I'm not going too hard with this. You know, I'm taking it easy. It's been a really, really um, exhausting time doing all of this stuff. And I, of course, I've got to finish the. Uh, I've got to finish the uh, the novel. Got to finish the novel, and I've got so much more work. After that, that I need to get through as well. This camera looks lopsided to me. I hope I'm wrong. But anyway, all of that is happening. So the book has been out for a little over one week now. That's Edge of Here has been out a little over one week. And let me just say to every single person who's bought the book, I'm not speaking to you that haven't, you the people who haven't bought it, I'm not speaking to you. Like I'm genuinely not speaking to you. I mean it. Unless you haven't bought it because you live in the US where it's not, published yet or I think Canada as well that's different or if you're really struggling with the cosy lives you lot are exempt I'm just speaking to the people who out of choice have not bought the book like I'm not chatting to you and every time that you listen to this podcast your anus will be itchy yeah that's by the by but to the people who did buy the book the people who have supported me and really louded up the ting I want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart you did not disgrace me in front of my enemies fam and we already said I don't have any enemies mate I don't have any enemies bruv yeah, only fucking confused admirers. You see it there. You see it there, right? Why am I saying this? Because you, you baby people, you baby folk, my baby boys, baby girls, baby non-binaries, not you making me number 15 in hardback fiction in the whole of the UK. Are you? <laughs> World domination soon come, my cheese. <laughs> what? No, can we take a moment? Is everybody all right? Kilichi Oluwafumilayo Okafo is was number 15 in the whole of the UK for hardback fiction for a short story collection that I was told, oh, short story collections are just really difficult to sell. They're just really difficult to sell. You know, it's really hard to, you know, to, to promote them, to market them. Just really difficult. And my debut. So on my, nah, no. 50k for a verse no album out no let me not let <laughs> no let me not recite Nicki Minaj Nicki Minaj again but no on a serious vibe on my debut with a short story collection all the things that you said like are oh, it's just like pfft, nobody can across it yeah number 15 in the whole of the UK now that's mad for a debut for a short story collection. So what you're trying to tell me is that when I run up on these hoes with a novel, what are we talking top ten? Are we is that is that, is that what we're talking? We're talking is that the, the is that the hardest that we're talking that we're talking we're, we're going into the top ten? Is that what we're doing? Is that is that where we want to find ourselves? Mad, and I don't know about you, but it ain't over. I'm still here. That was the first week. And this is why, again, I want to stress how it's so important. Pre-orders are so important because it's the first week of sales that really kind of like can make or break a book. So all of the pre-orders, because some of you were telling me some wild stories about, I didn't even realize I'd pre-ordered your book twice. Every time you posted it, I thought I hadn't ordered yet. So I went and ordered again. So some of you had four books by the end of all of this and you were gifting it to your friends, to you lot, to you lot that have the two, the three, the four, the five books on accident and intentionally. May God 
continue to bless you Even I'm not even saying Just you lot But the ones Who just got one book Who bought one book Who believed in me enough To buy the one book Like blessings upon your household Man like Somebody I think Fevin Was saying to me The other day Just like How happy she is for me Because she heard a joy In my voice In last week's episode Because we know How difficult And how cliquey This whole industry is And how anti-black Essentially the um, I feel like The publishing industry is Misogynistic All of them things there And so to Cut through In a way that I cut through it can only be God. So I'm I'm really, really thankful. I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to be transparent, right? I was a bit annoyed in myself, like not in myself, like, and I'm, I'm saying this because I want you to have a kind of insight into my mindset. So when I heard, oh, number 15 in the whole of the UK for hardback fiction, that that's mad for a debut and it's mad for a short story collection, like to, to bust through in that way. I was like, so I didn't make the top 10. What? And I had to check myself. I was just like, girl, the Delulu? The Delulu. Jesus Christ. And the only reason I thought that is because the top 10 um, bestsellers are the ones that get to officially be called Sunday Times bestsellers. And I had to check myself and be like, girl, be fucking for real. Not because it's unattainable, because maybe other people have done it. Like, kudos to them. Not because it's unattainable, but it's because like pace yourself. Fucking hell. Like, Kelechi, pace yourself. Like, this is amazing news. Like, sit in the amazingness rather than worrying about the next thing or thinking about the next thing. And again, this is why I'm going to say it again. You know, I have to say it at least once in every episode. This is why I'm so glad that I went to the um, ayahuasca retreat, that I went away to Peru because so many thoughts that I would have just let fly in my head, I had to cut it. What it's done is that the the thoughts haven't gone away. I'm just more kind of aware when the thoughts come up and I'm just like, come on, like, come on, be easier on yourself. Like, this is a fucking in- incredible achievement. There was just that little voice that was just like, oh, and it's not even a little voice. It was more of a loud voice because the little voice is lovely to me. It's more of the loud voice that was just like, oh, but so if you just sold um this number more, a few, you know, a few thousand more, right? You would be in the top 10 Look at that um, And what I will say is that Like I I did There was an aspect to me That was just like So I got That's number 15 Yeah Without any outdoor marketing On the publicity side So if I was invested in On the publicity side With outdoor marketing And not just um, Certain other things Where would I be? Because the, sometimes I feel like you have to Really trick people like, and this is again, this is me being purely transparent because these are things that have played on my mind, right? Purely being transparent here. Like, you have to trick people. If you want a scene, you have to create the scene. Couple, couple posters here and there. If you'd if you lot invested in black authors, yeah, you set them up in a way where people, white people walk past. Like general readers walk past lots of black people who don't, who otherwise don't know these people are out. will see it and be like, rah, that's, that's mad. Like I want to, I want a bit of that. Like I want to read that. Like what's it saying? Cause not every day online because people actually live lives outside. Right. Um, so I just thought that's number 15 with no hard body marketing. So like, let's, let's, let's just take a moment with that. The impact. Right. 
and I say the impact, but what I'm really like, without you lot, I really would not have done it. Like I, in the first week to have like, and as is the case with a lot of books after that first week, obviously the sales then, you know, this is why I was saying to you, like the, the pre-orders are important because it's like a chunk of sales, boom, in the first week. After that, people will be buying it bit by bit by bit. But I'm not speaking that over my life. Everybody will be buying and they'll be buying in their droves. The number of people that there are in this country, like let's be fucking for real. Like everybody gets to buy in. When it comes to Christmas, everybody on your Christmas list must re- was, like must receive Edge of Here. There's no reason for them to receive anything else. Socks. Socks for what? Be barefoot out on road reading Edge of Here. Yeah. Wrap the cover around your foot. Yeah. No need for any other present. No need. I don't want to, I don't want to hear it. I do not want to hear it. But no, honestly, it's been great. Like um, everybody did what they had to do or as much as they 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 could do and and here we are and you know there are things that I will sit with there are things that I will sit with but I just want it known that I should not be underestimated yeah it's something that said time and time again like I really don't like being underestimated and then explained it um, have it explained to me as if it's just the norm that the oh no, no it's not just you being underestimated it's just the thing like don't underestimate me please please if I say that something's going to be a particular way I I know that it's going to be that way so let's just trust Kelechi sometimes is what I'm saying but um I I'm still taking it in you know I'm very much still taking it in and it's weird it's weird to be an author it's like weird seeing people and like can you sign my book it's really weird but I just want to say thank you again. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for supporting me. Um, please, I ask that you continue. I don't tend to like to ask for things, but please continue to support. Um, I'm still not talking to the rest of you lot, just so you know. <laughs> and um, yeah, Saturday, 7th of October will be the Say Your Mind live show in um, at Peckham, part of the Peckham Playground Comedy Festival will be part of that. But before that... Saturday 30th of September Did I say October? I hope I said October Because I feel like I said April um, Saturday 30th of, um, of September So that's this Saturday If you're listening on a Monday, Tuesday Met this girl on Monday Woo! Took her for a drink on Tuesday We were making love by Wednesday And on Thursday and Friday and Saturday We saw Kalechi on Saturday Don't ask me Don't ask me don't ask me. I use all my lyrics for the book. Don't ask me for anything else. Yeah. Um, Saturday, 30th of September, I'll be at Africa Rights Festival. Yeah. Um, I'm the headliner. Uh, and so I will be doing a reading from one of the stories in Edge of Here, accompanied by the Yahil Kamara Onono. Um I can't wait. I just think he's such a baby boy, sick musician. And so having that accompaniment while I'm singing, while while I'm singing, oh, that's a dream. Oh, that needs to happen. No, while I'm reading Edge of Here, that's going to be a mood. And that's going to be at the British Library in King's Cross. So those of you who want to come in from other areas of um, the UK, you can just get a train in, watch the show, get back on your train. Um, and the prices are really good as well for that, for the British Library for Africa Rights. I think the tickets are between five to ten pounds. So please, if you can come through, 
come through to that event. And I mean, I don't have anything to do afterwards. So I'll be signing some books as well. Saturday 30th of September. And that's the day before Nigerian independence in inverted commas. Um, So yeah, I think that those are all my announcements. If I'm not mistaken, Saturday 30th of September, British Library as part of Africa Rights Festival. Saturday 7th of October, Say Your Mind live show at Peckham Playground in the NAM. And that's that show is in the afternoon. So I think some of you think that show's in the evening. I can't come. I'm going to my friend's wedding. You can do all of that or whatever you're doing. Be there, Peckham, 1 p.m. Or get there before 1 p.m. Because the show starts at 1 p.m., I believe. So I feel like that's all of the things. What have I... I've already talked. What the fuck? Talked for however long now. Anyway, um, I think that's what I wanted to say. Um, Rendezvous where to my place eight. Sorry, I just wanted to sing something Let's get into it anyway Let's get to tarot for this week It says here Dear Kelechi As an OG supporter I'm excited about the live show book launch of Edge of Here I've pre-ordered the book on Amazon And will have to get it on Audible too That's another thing Big up all of you lot that boy on Audible Matting, matting, matting Thank you so much um, just to hear all the accents, not going to lie, I'm partial to a Scouse accent, a multifaceted, multi-hyphenate, multi-talented baby girl like yourself could have bodied it, but I respect your creative choices. Yeah, the Scousers would have dragged me. That's why I left it alone. Um, my kind of tarot question. I should preface this by saying if you would prefer to address this email individually rather than on your show, if at all, this is absolutely, that is absolutely fine. Thank you for that. So, I'm not sure how to correctly engage with tarot. And until I figured it out, I'm taking a bit of a hiatus from personal readings, including human design, with the exception of this one, should you feel led to do one. But I find value in general readings and the tarot questions featured on your show. My main curiosity from the client's perspective, aside from the take what resonates disclaimer and the reader's individual style, What would you say are the best ways to engage with tarot readings or indeed HD, that's human design, readings? For context, I've probably sought readings from everyone you've ever recommended on your podcast. And while I've never had a bad experience, I can say that I often have no idea what to do with the information I receive, regardless of whether they resonate. If readings resonate but don't materialize, does that mean they didn't resonate and I just thought they did? Even when I follow the guidance, assuming I've even understood it correctly, the outcome doesn't yield the desired or predicted result. You could argue that the predicted slash desired outcomes haven't yet manifested because of timelines, but my life thus far is giving Israelite journey. Some things perhaps were intended to take 40 days and not 40 years. At a certain point, delay might as well be denial. I know I'm not the only one who feels this and I think if anyone can hold space for these feelings as a tarot reader whilst also keeping it buck, it's you. Um, Something you mentioned in one of your recent stories that prompted me to write in, I usually stick to the Share Your Magnificent segment, was about your ayahuasca experience and you being the kind of person who knows the right questions to ask to receive breakthroughs to the visions you had at the ceremony. Hope I didn't misunderstand slash misrepresent what was said. 
Please correct me if I'm mistaken, but it got me wondering that if and that it must follow that there are kinds of people for whom personal readings are going to be less beneficial and that maybe I'm one of them. I don't want to gaslight myself, but I'd rather take self-inventory in the hope of getting more out of future readings before accepting that they're not for me. At this point, I'm no longer bothered about finding love having a family or even finding community, etc. From what I've seen, the idea of them is better than the real um, the reality. Plus, at almost 42, the, um, those ships have sailed. But at the very least, I need my financial life to be on lock. Must be my Taurus moon. Big up Taurus moons, sexy people. For the first time in 10 years, I'm seriously considering getting a nine to five job with remote slash hybrid working, the new normal. They're probably a lot more tolerable now than when I um, last had one. Whilst there are no immediate money issues, the COSI lives, IR35 regulations and interest rate hikes. Um, I don't want to be caught scratching my yash when I need to remortgage my house next year and potentially need a job out of desperation. This is definitely a fear-based decision, but having indulged in using my strategy and authority as the foundation for my decision-making for the past year and a half, again, assuming I'm even doing it correctly, the evidence shows that fear-based money decisions have made me financially better off than following my um, my strategy slash authority as a 4-6 generator has, um, as a 4-6 generator has. I've barely earned my um, any money in two years. It may be a plateau, but I don't think I can stomach riding it out and riding it out this wave, riding out this wave um, any longer. I've wondered what the etiquette around tarot readings is, the kinds of questions that readers don't slash shouldn't answer and the level of discretion being exercised if slash when in an effort to be positive, there isn't much positivity on the horizon in one's chart or even intuitively. It must be a fine line between being honest and dashing dreams. There may even be a time, there may have been a time when I wouldn't have been able to handle the truth if negative, but I've been at a stage for a while where I think false hope is worse. Not that you need it, but you have my permission to dash my dreams if that's what you see. On a slightly separate note, I'm loving watching your show on YouTube. I know you've alluded to bunning the podcast entirely, but purely self- uh, for purely selfish reasons, please don't. But in the spirit of Wimbledon, budding F1 fan loading, it's important to cherish the legends of the game while they're here. Had I known that the 2019's Wimbledon would be the last time I'd see Roger Federer at his best with a Nadal semi-final and Djokovic final, I would have relished it more. Don't get me started on Serena and it irks my soul when Venus consistently loses in the um, in the early rounds of tournaments. Thank you for sending your birth chart through. <laughs> Woo, baby, baby. Um, it's so funny that you write this. Not funny, well, it's funny ha-ha, but they're not funny ha-ha, right? My thing is, there's always hope. Right. And I'm not saying that just in a woo woo sense. I'm saying that as somebody that's fucking been through the trenches, mate. And I think that it's a miracle that I don't go like you, you sometimes you really have to sit in the knowledge that you existing right now with the capacity that you have to love is a fucking miracle. Yeah. And that's what I see for myself. It is a miracle that I'm here because there are so many things that should have fucked me over and I shouldn't be here. So that's why essentially I just feel like nobody can chat to me because 
there's been so many times I just wanted to kind of give up on everything completely in every manner of the, you know, in every sense of the word. I just, it like this world sometimes just feels like a very sad place, but I had to keep holding on. Right. So even in you given the example of like having not worked or earned in the same way for the last two years, but remember 2019, what, 2018, 2019. So 2018, thereabouts had the um miscarriage that was around the time also had my book proposal out to write something or you know working on the book proposal then had the book proposal out in 2019 and I I don't know if I told the story at which show I told the story at or if you even all remember but there was a point where my mum had to come with me um and sit in a hotel with Lev while I was going to different publishers for them to pitch to me. So that's why it was irritating when I got to, um, I think a couple of the publishers and they were like, Oh, sorry. Um, it's this time of year, the, the marketing team aren't really here to kind of tell you what they would do, but rare, 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 rare. Um, but you know, um, it was just giving haphazard. It was just giving low vibrational play. Um, meanwhile, I'm there paying um, hundreds of pounds for this hotel so my mum can be there to watch my baby, my fresh, fresh baby, like still pom pom juice on his head, like fresh, like watching him while I'm going from meeting to meeting. And then to do all of that, and then the offers that I was given, I was thinking, you think I'm a fucking dickhead? Like, it's been rough. It has been rough. And I'm saying that to you as a free five generator. It has been rough. And I've got the 360 channel in my um, human design chart active. So I can get into deep states of melancholy. Like, just like, what is the fucking point of all of this? This is some bullshit. But I don't know what it is about me. I can't say that I necessarily take credit for it. It might just be my wiring. I don't know. But there's always a part of me that's like, no, I'm not going outside. I am not going outside. Something has to come of this. Like it just has to. And, you know, James Baldwin talks about the fact that there are a lot of talent, like there are a lot of talented ruins. There are a lot of people who have a lot of fucking potential and that potential is never realized because life is just fucked. So I, even in the aspect of being re- able to remain hopeful, I understand that that is also a privilege, Right. But that's the whole reason I created this podcast because, and the and it's the main reason that the podcast is released on a Monday. If you remember my OG listeners, when I was coming up with the structure of the show, I said, I need the podcast to come out on a Monday because I'm tired of people going, oh, Monday tomorrow. Oh, it's Monday tomorrow. Oh, I've got to go in. It's Monday. And they like, I just thought, why, why have we accepted a life of misery? Why have we accepted that this is the only way that things can be? So if anything, I'm going to make sure that there's a podcast that people can listen to on their way to work on a Monday that is just like, yeah, I know that you're going into those fucking trenches, but here is some, here are some jokes. I mean, here's some fuck shit that's happening in the world, but also here are some jokes. And this is why it can't be for everybody. People can only meet you as far as they've met themselves, right? So I say all of that to say, while it seems, while it on paper, yeah, it seems that, yeah, you've made more money not following your strategy and authority with human design and you can sack it all off if you want to. That's totally cool. While it seems that you have, right? There is so much more. And I don't want to keep focusing everything on money 
But I understand that in this society we need it. But there is so much more, so much more abundance, not just in a um, sense of monetary value that is available to you by following the authority. But the frustrating thing for us generators is having to wait. My God, I fucking hate waiting, right? So I was very annoyed, frustrated, even when um, I had to say, no, I'm not, I'm not taking any of the offers. I'm not taking it because it's just not what my, I know my value to be. I'm not taking it. Right. And I turned it down. And that's another thing as a generator as well. Generators, you're usually encouraged to turn down the first offer, turn down the first offer, whatever the case may be, even if it's um, romantic, turn down the first offer. Not because you're like, especially if it doesn't sit well with you, like don't settle. And so that's what I'm saying to you, my OG baby girl, don't settle. Because where you're headed now, and I totally understand where you're coming from, that why haven't these things materialized? I get frustrated all of the time, especially as I delve further, for instance, into Yoruba spirituality, when certain things, I don't want to go too much into my business because I know that there are some real fucked up people that sometimes still want to tune into this podcast just so they feel like they've got some semblance of tea. But what I will say is that time isn't linear, right? Time isn't linear. And I can't speak to the other tarot readers that you've had because there are some people that are just, I gave the example of the eternal tarot the other week in it, that fucking, um, that, that fraud star, that scammer, right? Um, there are scam artists out there and some people are just talking off vibes, but people who I've recommended, I think that are really, really, I, I do believe that they're good at what they do. Um, and I always try to, weirdly enough, separate the person from the reader because when some people go into the zone and they read, phenomenal. Um, but them as people, I can find them irritating from time to time. But, um, where was I going with that? I say all of that to say time isn't linear. So I remember 2017, yeah, I, um, received a message and the message, I won't go into the specifics, but they said something about there will be something that you will do and you will do it at a specific time. And when you do that thing, everything else is going to take off. So I thought, cool. And so it looked like, between 2017 and let's say 2019, I kept looking out for that thing. I kept looking out for it. Like, oh, they said that it's when I do this. So basically I did smaller iterations of that thing. And I thought, yeah, this is it. I'm going to blow. This is it. This is it. This is it. Until it happened without me realizing. I can't tell you because I did so many of the thing that they said I would need to do that would, I would take off. I can't tell you the specific one of that thing that it was that I might not even have done it yet. Imagine I might not even still have done it yet because I've done so much of that particular thing, but they were very specific in that you're going to do this thing. And then when you do it, like you're going clear, like you're just going clear, simple. And I kept getting really impatient. There are other things that they that I've been told over the years and I get mad impatient because like why hasn't it happened yet then I have to understand that how and it's similar to what how I wrote um the watchers um the spiritual forces that help us that they see way more than we do they see like all the timelines literally at the same time like all the time. So they're telling us the optimal timeline and what it takes to get on that optimal timeline. But sometimes 
we have to wait for something to shift in the world that's going to take us to that. So the reason I'm saying all of that is because 2017, I received that message, but then what I didn't plan for was 2020. It's only when 2020 happened that then I, you know, I'm making my post run videos and I'm talking that then led to even more opportunities that allowed me to do more of the thing that they said I would be doing because that before 2020, I wasn't doing as much of the thing. So I, any little time that any um, single time that I would do the thing prior to 2020, I was like, this must be it. This must be it until we go past 2020 and I'm doing so much. And I'm just like, I, I couldn't tell you which one I couldn't, but here I am. Right following my strategy, following my authority. If the thing doesn't excite me, I'm not doing it. I'm turning down the first offer. I'm going to turn down the second offer likely too, until we get to an offer that feels like it works for me, because you have to just not be scared to not have that thing when you're not scared, because especially as generators, it's so important to not put the spirit of desperation or the energy of desperation on anything, because the thing that we focus on as generators is what we amplify, right? And this is why it's important to not amplify no's. Like, so if you feel like, or if you're saying to yourself, like, oh, I haven't had this come through. I haven't had this come through. You're feeling frustration. You're amplifying that frustration. Sometimes things are the way that they are because you're going to be pushed to a point that you have to reevaluate what it is that you're doing. And I think we've spoken about this um, specifically as well, OG babe, um, you know, OG baby girl, that life is going to do some things that means that you have to go a particular way. I always thought that I'm a fucking talented actress. Like I know I'm sick of acting. There's like, if you wake me up at 3.46 AM and say, Kalechi, begin acting right now. I'm on it. I'm on this thing. So I always thought that my path was just going to be straight acting, boom, get known for my acting, do my thing, not understanding that the skills that I gained in acting were for something else to be able to do things like this and to be able to do it with confidence and that these things then lead me on to other things. You see what I'm saying? Like when we think about things in a very um, myopic way, it's like, well, this A must directly lead to B, but that's not how it works in a spiritual realm. You will still get from A to B, but my God, you might have to go through F, I, K, L before you go back to that B because it's not ordered in the same way that you think it is. So it's funny that you even mentioned like, oh, this feels like an Israelite journey as in terms of the Exodus and stuff, because sometimes it'd be like that. Yeah. Yeah, if you were doing it, you would have just gone directly A to B. But what spiritual growth would you likely have gotten from that? I feel like this path that I was sent down personally, I can't speak for you. The path that I was sent down was to help me to stop being as much of a dickhead as I can be. Like I have a propensity to be a dickhead, my God. Like sometimes when the spirit of dickheaddom wants to carry me, I have to laugh at myself because I'm just like, if people knew the, op- like, if people knew the options that I had available to me in this moment of how I could behave, they would respect my clerk a lot more. Of course, I have a lot of respect anyway. But um, yeah, I just say that because I feel like it's important. So I'm not necessarily telling you what to do. I, I totally empathize um, with your feelings right now because I've been there so so many times before and I'm just and I've just felt like everybody must be fucking lying especially when I had the miscarriage right that's when I really that really tested my faith I thought you fucking liars about oh all will be well everything is well yeah here I am clinging to the fucking floor of the hospital you know like thinking I'm gonna die and I'm bleeding every which way 
And But you told me, you know, all will be well Fuck you And lo and behold Here I am All is welling All is welling But um and I, I'm not saying Because I'm always very careful about Like oh so there's a reason for everything No all I know is that That very shit experience Meant that I understood Or ga- gave me an opportunity I don't even know how to phrase it But I had then the experience That I had that let me know What other people are going through When they have experiences within healthcare And so it informed how I was then Able to channel my energy And advocate for certain things That I might not have been able to advocate for um, Because I hadn't experienced it In that way, do you see what I'm saying? So some things are just shit There's no explanation, no rhyme or reason Some things are just shit But I'm just giving you personal um, examples From my life of times when I've just been absolutely on my fucking knees Yo, like What is even any of this? But I just chose Radical honesty You know, I jump on this podcast Regardless of what people think And and the awards that here and there That people may win And of course I've won a few Um I do this and it's not going to be for everybody But it wasn't meant to be, you know It's meant to be for the people who need it And you're one of those people who need it And I'm just saying to you, like, please, like, baby girl Like, hang in there Please follow your strategy and authority I say that from a very, very real place Because I feel like when we come out of following What, um we need to follow for the sake of letting our mind rule the conversation and the dynamic it takes us elsewhere and and when it comes to so yeah so there are some things that just might not ever show up like in terms of how people read things because they're reading maybe from a specific timeline based on the actions that you've taken at that specific time you might choose to take different actions you head off on a different timeline maybe i'm not saying that or they're just not good readers but i hope that the people i've recommended um did what they needed to do um so yeah also with saying that when it comes to ayahuasca and when it comes to all of those things because i've been on this kind of spiritual journey for a while now for a number of years i'm very good at tuning out what i know is not for me and i have to check is it not for me or am i being defensive like i don't want it to be for me yeah but more time I can watch a general reading Like I'm uh, Let me tell you There are two readers That I watch on YouTube For their pick a pile readings And for me It always hits Because I I know the exact pile That I need to pick For the question that I'm asking And it just Works for me Now not every single thing That they're saying verbatim Will be for me But I already know What I'm listening out for And I'm not listening with my ears I'm listening with my heart So that's what I'm encouraging you To consider Like listen with your heart to things um, And 42 is nothing I'm like I'm really sorry Like 42 Oh you should see the cards That are coming out for you So funny 42 is nothing There are people Who can fall in love with me At 55 I'm sorry Like people who can fall in love With me at 49 Look at me I'm using other people As examples That they're falling in love with me <laughs> No I'm, I'm saying all of that In jest Disclaimer But what I'm saying is Like literally Love can find you at any time And you have to be open To letting life do what life is doing Because like I had an experience um, A little while ago Quite recently Where 
I just chose a random day to do something and something happened. And I was just like, see, if I try to plan that, it would not have happened that way. Like it just would not have. It just would not have. Yet everything fell into place. And I felt like that again for me was a sign from God that like, just let me do what I do and don't micromanage me, baby girl. Like I've got this. And just keep following what calls to you when you're like, oh, I just feel like I randomly want to go and do this thing. Um, don't try and rush anything. Don't try and force time. Don't don't force time and don't fall out of strategy because you don't know the multitude multitude of other things that you could be opening yourself up to, basically, is what I'm saying. Um, I've really talked. I said I wanted to be out of here and here I am talking like a waste man. Um, the cards that come out for you are really interesting. Let me see if I will just um, switch cameras. Okay. So the cards, the first card we got for you is the five of pentacles. So it really speaks to what you were describing in your um, email. Five of pentacles is a fear of lack. It's a scarcity mindset, which you mentioned yourself. And these cards are just coming out as, you know, I'm shuffling. And then we've got the four of pentacles that follows that as well which says that as a result, because I'm reading it in order, as a result of this scarcity mindset and feeling that you've been left out and you've been forgotten um, or you're an afterthought in, in the universe, then we've got the four of pentacles where you're then holding on to everything in such a tight way. But the more you tightly hold on to something, the harder it becomes to let more in. Like life is literally about give and take and reciprocity. But then we've got the ace of wands and I keep seeing like skylines in the background. So I do feel like whether you talk about the remote hybrid working, but I also, I know that you've got the mortgage. I know you've got the house, but I'm seeing strongly here that you need to relocate in one way or another or consider being further afield because then we've got the three of wands that comes out as well. And the reason I laughed when I looked at your, cause I can't see your circular chart, right? So I'm just seeing the list that you sent, but you've got your son in Aries. You're an Aries sun. So your star sign, as people would call it, is Aries. The North node has just gone into Aries and it's going to be there for the next, what, 14 months, 14, 15 months. The North node is the kind of, it's a mathematical point of like the shadow of the moon and things like that. But they talk about the North node as being, um, fate, you know, fate, the things that, you know, were fated almost to happen. So the North Node at some point is going to cross over your sun. So this restlessness that you're feeling is, um, I would say it's right on time. It's right on time. Something needs to change, but the thing you're thinking needs to change is probably not the thing. Look, be, and I think we even spoke about this. You've got to think more creatively in terms of what the thing is. And look at you, a G. You're like, oh, I haven't earned the same, but you're still here sorting out your mortgage, still doing what you're doing. I know those nails still look great because you always have sick nails. Like, how are you doing that if you're not a G? Like, how? So, yeah, things to consider. And I know that you're considering going back to nine to five. And if you want to do that, like, mm-hmm. Like Dolly Parton said, working nine to five, what a way to make a living. You can, if you want to, you can do that. I don't, I don't have anything against nine to five. Like you lot, big up yourselves in it. Um, but this feels like you should go somewhere, um, in terms of job or apply to like a, um, a foreign place. Um, the card that you've got from the spiritual, I always say that from the dickhead in recovery affirmation card deck is to cuss or not to cuss. That is the question. I am responsible for the answer and you are responsible for the answer. Like 
from how I'm seeing it, um, I'm just grabbing the art divination deck by Speech DeBell and um, Alicia Brown. Um, what I'm getting is a lot of frustration and I understand the frustration that you feel. I'm not trying to talk it away and I hope you um, understand that I'm not, you know, trying to talk it away. I just, from what I'm seeing here, clearly <laughs> you need to go. And Aries is a fire sign And the ace of wands and the three of wands Speaks of fire and they're saying like It's time to go baby girl, it's time to go elsewhere Consider it elsewhere Divinity is the card that you get from the art divination deck And I think that that's speaking to the fact that Everything is happening in divine timing And I know that you are getting restless And getting pissed off And you just want to get some clarity It's coming The root, uh, root is the other card that you get and it says the spirit never lies. And I love that because that you're you're being patterned. You're like, you can dash my dreams. Why would I do that? Why would I dash your dreams? Like, I'm not in a position. I'm only human. I'm not in a position to dash anybody's dreams. I read things constructively. I'll never, ever lie about a reading. I'm not going to gas anybody up. I'm not going to tell you what I don't see. And sometimes people really try to get you to do that in a reading. But like... um, you know, and I've had some very challenging readings where it's like, oh, I want to have a child with this person. And then what I'm seeing in the cards is like, maybe you shouldn't be with this person. I don't, I, I, I don't, but I've got to find a way to phrase that in a way like I'm not telling you what to do, but I just feel like there are, there is better for you. Right. And then you get pushback and then people will even push back to the extent that they get upset and they go and tell other people that they've been introduced to through you that, oh, well, um, you know, I didn't feel this way. And I, I didn't think that the reading was correct for me. And people will be like that. You know, when you're giving them challenge So I don't play, I'll tell you what I see And if I see goodness for you Then that's exactly what I'm going to tell you But you've got to believe the goodness for your own life That's sometimes the challenge Believing that what has been said You're deserving of it And it will come to fruition in its own time And certain shifts need to happen in life For the things that we're calling in to find us That's what I believe You've got number 23 here from the Wisdom of the Oracle deck 235 Conflict five is the first number that we got in the card that you got five of pentacles. So yeah, and it's um then I'm seeing this dove with the olive branch in its um I was gonna say in its poor fucking hell Kalechi biology. Um so seeing this but um this dove with the olive branch and then this egg of peace again talking about new things on the horizon. Just moving this microphone, new things on the horizon for you. Um New beginnings All of that And we saw the dove In the Bible After there was the flood Right Imagine how Noah And all of them man felt Imagine Noah's building the ark Right Noah's building the ark Imagine if Noah Oh Jesus That was lovely Imagine Noah's building the ark And he's gotten this message Like fam Get some to Get them two by two um, Timber things Or four by five Whatever Get some timber baby and start putting this ark together And so he's building the ark And people are walking past And they'll be like You dickhead <laughs> What's that for? Like that's ridiculous Like what are you doing? But imagine if Noah's gotten that As a tarot reading And Noah's like Well why I don't see any sign of rain Like why am I doing that? At this point it just feels ridiculous I just feel like I've been building This ark for fucking ages I'm, I've sworn so much Oh my god And I know some, some of your children Listen to this podcast Sorry Sorry seems to be the hardest word Ah, oh, King Charles needs to say it and pay reparations Anyway, that's coming off the subject 
So everyone's laughing because he's building this ark. Like you dickhead, no sign of rain. You're being wild. Carrying on building the ark. At some point, I'm sure Noah must have gotten frustrated. Like you're actually asking me to build this ark. Like I'm a prick and people are walking by and like my back aches. Like this is long. Like this is actually long. But sure enough, built the ark. It was right there. Then the rain started. Then the rain started, the rain started, the rain started. Then it's a flood situation, right? I'm just using that example loosely. I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to preach to anybody. I'm just saying loosely to, for the sake of my argument, right? And then, then he needs to know that it's safe to come back out. Is the land dry enough to come back out? And then wait in, wait in. And then finally you get the sign of you, the sign that it's okay to come back out. And oh, here's a rainbow for me, like deading everybody off and flooding them because I got vexed. That's not my God in like my, yeah. But anyway, um, God, I got vexed, flooded up the ting and here's an olive branch. Sorry, XOXO, here's a rainbow. Um, and so all of that happened. So I'm giving the example in the fact that in all of our lives, we're asked to build some kind of ark. In all of our lives, we're asked to build some kind of ark and we don't know what we're building it for. And there comes a point where it gets really frustrating because we can't see any sign of any sort of, not necessarily flood, because I'm wanting to be very, very careful because people are literally experiencing that right now. But the idea that we're building for something in our lives that we will need buoyancy for, we will need shelter from when that thing happens and we don't know why. Sometimes we're not even building for a uh, disaster. We're building for our own success. We're building for our own liberation. But that, and I think that's even a better example because I don't, I don't feel comfortable going on about floods. Um, so we're building whatever structure this stage is. That's a, let me go with that, that analogy. So you're building this stage. You're building the stage. You don't know what you're going to perform on the stage. You don't, you don't know a single song lyric, especially if it's Mariah Carey. You don't know a single song lyric, but you're building the stage anyway, because something in you has said that you should build this stage. And you've been asking for guidance and people have been saying to you, well, build the stage to this dimension. The spirit's telling me to tell you to build the stage in this dimension and face it towards this path of the sun and do this and do that and you're following all the um advice but you're like what use is the fucking stage i don't know any songs and i don't know who's even coming to this performance like why am i doing this but i promise you there'll be a time for you to use that stage good luck booking that <laughs> good luck booking that stage that you speak of oh rihanna was a savage um but there'll be a point there'll be a reason why you're building that stage and Speaking for myself, in all the years I've been spending building that stage, not knowing what I was meant to do with it, thinking that, oh, it was acting that I was going to do on it, right? Like I gave the example earlier, I thought it's acting that I'm going to do on that stage that I'm building, only to realize that maybe it's not just that, or maybe it's not even that, but, but there might be a point where I need to use an aspect of that. I hope that that makes sense because you know, child, I love to talk. So anyway, back to this um, card that you got. That's what led me onto this trajectory. It says here, the Oracle's message. It doesn't get any better than this. A quiet mind, a heart fulfilled, freedom from want and a soul's satisfaction. The way to peace is through radical acceptance. Oh, I even used that word earlier. I said radical honesty. Everything in your world is exactly as it should be. Harmony is beautiful. Enjoy it. And I maintain that. As frustrating as it is for you right now, I'm not going to dash your dreams. What I'm going to dash is your um, 
disbelief in this moment That's what I'm going to dash And say to you that I believe that at some point You're going to come back Whether it's in like I don't know 13 months from now You're going to come back And you'll be You'll you'll be happy that you held out That's I'm putting That's me Put that Like I can stand 10 toes down on that Um, Protection message I'm going to read that to you Because I don't care about the rest of them Um it says here, protection message. Now is a time for calmness and well-being in spite of temporary conditions. Look at that. Look at that. Even if there are dissonant notes in the music of your life, all that means is that you must go within and fine-tune the extraordinary instrument that you are. Find harmony within yourself and don't look to the outer world to provide certainty. This too shall pass and once again, your life will be filled with beautiful music. And I, and I was saying that to you in my long-winded way. I was saying that to you. Like it's it's actually a good thing that you're like, oh, I don't need any readings right now. I'm gonna go inward and and really take stock within myself. Do that because there are people who get addicted to readings and they want to use that to chart the course of their life. I don't let anything chart my course for me. I'll take in what everybody said and what resonates with my heart. I'll move with that in mind, but I'm still gonna do me, GC style. Yeah, I'm just gonna do that. So I pray that that helps. That was very, very long-winded. Definitely, I'm still the father. I'm still the, um, what time is it? Yeah, I'm still my father's child because God, what am I doing? Um, Let me just move through. But yeah, I pray that that resonates and thank you for sending that in. Anybody else you want to send your letters in for tarot, send it to sym at kalechiokarfor.com. You can join patreon.com forward slash kalechiokarfor for some weekly tarot meditations that I do on there, as well as um, the Straw Society, where I do month ahead readings and they're £33 a month for the Straw Society tier. So yeah, that's that. So I guess I should cut to Share Your Magnificence. My first Share Your Magnificence goes out to Chioma Nadi, who is now the head of, or will has yeah now the head of British Vogue editor in chief of British Vogue she is taking over from Edward Enifor and I love that I love that the editor in chief of British Vogue is a black woman the editor in chief of LUK is a black woman I just know the racists are gagging they are throwing up I can't even enjoy fashion anymore I can't enjoy fashion anymore I just can't I don't know what it is. I just, I just can't. I go to read the magazine and I see a name of some place in Africa, a Kenya. What is a Kenya and a Kenya hunt? So she's hunting. So, is, so shouldn't she be in a safari rather than heading up LUK? Shouldn't she just be on safari? I'm not even being racist, but shouldn't she just consider that? And then now we've got, well, I don't even know how to say her name. Chihuahua? So a, a, a Chihuahua Nandi? I don't know. I just miss great British fashion. I just miss it so much. So much has changed since those knee, since those lean on me when you're not strong, I will be there. Like, girl, wind the racism in. <laughs> wind the racism in. I said black supremacy. Have at it. Let's fucking have it. 
<laughs> but lo- I love that And I love what um, Kenya Hunt has done in her um, During her time so far As editor-in-chief of Elle Phenomenal woman Like incredible woman So much time for Kenya And Chioma I, I just feel like is absolutely going to boss it as well um, It's really great to see If we're talking about diversity Like you lot love to talk about Let's see where all of this is going Because Elle has been a pleasure To read and interact with Since Kenya came on board Because the the stories that I'm reading in there Now are like juicy, meaty, hard hitting And I'm like yes Because you can give the girls fashion You can give the people them fashion And give them facts Why not? So I love that for Elle UK um, So big up all of them lot um, so that's, I just wanted to say that because I just found that hilarious and I'll be talking briefly or talking shortly with, um, Tipper Irie, reggae, Don icon, um, black British, um, baby man, uncle, elder person. So that's, um, a good old conversation that's coming up shortly. Um, oh, Demetrius says here Hi Kalechi, I hope you are well and rested from an award winning week You don't have to read this out on a pod As you've mentioned most of what I've written in the latest episode Still, as I've taken the month of September off from social media And didn't get a chance to say hi before leaving the Barbican I just wanted to drop you a note to say how much I thoroughly enjoyed witnessing your wins over the last week Let's start with your conversation with Richie at the Barbican Wow, what a great evening Of course, it's always a vibe at a Kelechi live show And Richie naturally, almost effortlessly Knows how to connect with an interviewee But what was genuinely moving for me Was seeing a softer side of you Opening up about love and your connection to self and spirituality I totally understand why you'd be guarded These inner truths are special, sacred And I love how you masterfully weave these inner truths as themes in your book Speaking of which Edge of here When I say you have a way with words Sis, you really do But am I surprised? The way you've modernised science fiction Added elements of softness to your characters But made it so relatable And even messy at times All while leaving us wanting more This is sublime storytelling (laughs) Thank you In true baby girl style You entered the literary space Carved out a lane for yourself And proved that you don't need to follow the crowd To achieve success You've even inspired me to get to my work To get my work out there Amen, yes, I can't wait But your wins didn't stop at the pages of a book Congratulations on winning the Cultural Hero of the Year Award At the Guap Gala We got the message, fell into formation to vote And it was great to see you finally win this award In front of your creative peers and enemies Um, Spirit definitely has a way of delivering blessings right on time You hear that OG baby girl? And may I say, as always, you absolutely bodied that fit. Thank you. I seem to have upset a police um, police officer on a burner account because they kept commenting on my page on Instagram going, what the fuck are you wearing? You look ridiculous. Da, 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 da. And I was like, look, you, go and take it up with Suella. Leave me alone. And last and very much... Um, and last and very much least to that jiving Jankro Journo who said, but you're not even a household name. You can choke on your bitterness. I agree. With that said, wishing you, Kelechi, and your family all the continued success, blessings, and joy. See you in Peckham. Peace. Demetrius, a baby boy. Cannot wait to see you. Thank you so much. Can't wait to see you in Peckham. It's going to be a mood. It's going to be a vibe. I know that so many of you have sent me 
messages. Um, what's this one? Hi, Kalichi. I hope this message finds you right um, at the time you need it, as it's purely to express my thanks. I know people, especially fans, can come across as really creepy on the internet. So I try as much as possible to keep my interactions respectful and follow the rules. It's not lost on me, the life-changing work that you're doing. That's not an exaggeration. It's truly life-changing. Thank you. Back in 2019 or so, I had an outburst at work which led me to my local GP for a therapist referral and one of the um, remedies she gave me for immediate help was to listen to a podcast. I thought she was loopy, but my gosh, was she right. I started listening to SYM sometime near the end of the first year after a friend of mine brought... um, bought um, products to gift to black women in his life. And you then shouted out my IG. Thank you for that. And I was glad that you decided to continue gifting us with your talents after the first year of SYM. I'm writing this at 11 a.m. from my townhouse in Accra that I now rent. It is filled with plants, a cat. I know how you feel about cats. (laughs) And a 15 minute walk from Labadi Beach. Let me explain how I owe a lot of this to you. Wow. When I first started listening to the podcast, I wasn't able to articulate my struggles with the rat race of London. OG baby girl, are you listening? The insidious nature of um, racism, generational slash cultural issues, late 20s, no husband, no baby. My faith and and by extension, my own identity, I'd never done that work before. But even just consuming 10% of a weekly episode, I was learning new terms, new coping mechanisms, and just sharing in the anger we all feel living in Babylon. I got into tarot too and started interrogating my belief systems. I started believing in my magic and ability, and so my confidence grew. I bought my your affirmation cards, which somehow always told me what I needed to hear and made me remember facts about myself and my existence that I knew but were that um, but were buried beneath the London struggle. You held alive and were talking. Um, And we're taking questions and I asked about hopelessness in the UK and whether you would consider leaving. Your answer comforted me. The 100 pennies make a pound episode with Kevin Morosky really opened my eyes. I'd never even considered self-employment. I worried about taxes, pensions, student loans, sick days, holidays, etc. But that episode made me start to think differently. Between 2020 and 2022, I hopped from three jobs um, and jumped £24,500 per annum in salary on top of um, what I was earning before, doing the exact thing that I wanted to do. I lost my job pre-COVID because they refused to make room for me to do this. They gave a healthy severance package, but it was just such a reminder reminder to me that you can be the good black, but the pet... um, but the pet to threat pipeline in white corporate, I love that, but the pet to threat pipeline in white corporate Britain is real. Yeah. One minute they love you. And then the next minute you're the most wanted. I'd seen people receive promotions over the Christmas break after nine months of service. And in three years, they could not create a role for me and would rather I left. That was lesson number one. Because of my family setup, Christmas can be a tough time for me. So I make sure to plan it to a T just so I won't be alone. This saw me having my very first Detti December in Accra. Even though I'm half Ghanaian with um, an Ekoas, I'd never been before. 
I traveled two times prior in 2021, Wales. Yes, it's technically traveling, lol. And um, Chania, Greece. Now I usually get homesick because I like routine. I'm ready to come back home within a week. But every time I left London, UK, I got holiday blues before I was back. Just the thought of coming back made my my stomach sink. But I brushed it off until I got to Ghana. I met some lovely ladies who had been in Ghana since November and I asked them how they were managing such. Because of COVID, everyone was working from home. They didn't divulge um, divulge that the home was home home, like the motherland home. (laughs) I then started telling anyone who would listen that I had the time of my life and would be moving to Ghana or anywhere but London for that matter. An intention I unknowingly put out into the universe. When I got back, I wrote down all the cities that I where I was acquainted with someone and wouldn't feel totally alone and started looking for plans to get the fuck ASAP. In Jan, I got a message on LinkedIn about a role at Google, but I had just taken a new job back in September and I really liked it. However, my cousin encouraged me to just hear her out. When the recruiter started talking about two days working from home, I said, let me stop you there. I plan to have five days working from home because the office is not for me. Then she told me about another fully remote role she had and it was work from anywhere. Long story short, I got that job with a 13K pay rise and decided then and there I'd move to Ghana for a year just to see if I like it. I didn't have um, significant savings or any plug on the Accra side. I don't speak the language. I don't even have solid family there. But somehow between February 2022 and August 2022, I had moved. As in car sold, lease ended, phone and Wi-Fi contracts ended, move moved. My rent was now £300 per month cheaper for a three-bedroom townhouse over my London one-bedroom open-plan flat on the second floor with no lift. Bills are non-existent, £50 for electric, £2 for water, and yeah, £2, lol. Groceries cost way more, but it was a trade-off I was happy to make, as well as the price I pay for not being able to let go of my global Western spoils cheese, oat milk, etc. I had this new remote job, so I was earning pounds and spending in CDs. Um, I'd even let them know I'd float between the UK and Accra and they were happy with that. The day after I moved here with the last of my belongings, they had an emergency call. The company downsized and I was out with immediate effect. Two months severance and got to keep my laptop. However, the Holy Spirit activated and I was filled with such calm. I'd say a direct result of the amount of amount of faith I've built and haven't come so far. There was no way it was all for nothing. I looked around for jobs for like a day and then I decided I was going to be self-employed as a virtual executive assistant. I used my existing network and had calls set up all week. It was supernatural. People I hadn't spoken to in years started reaching out to ask if I knew any virtual assistants and I built up my roster of clients. I also joined an agency. It's now a year later. I've never missed a bill. I've been under my target for I've been under my target for three months of the year and I've been above it twice. So I'd say not so bad. I never would have um, considered self-employment if it wasn't for the hundred pennies episode. My faith would not be where it is for me to see the potential I had and still have. If I didn't embrace tarot, I never would have had the sense of comfort and guidance I had in those times when I almost let intrusive thoughts win. Not that I doubt you'd question your impact, but here is your living proof of what your con- uh, your content has done for me and how it's enriched my life. I haven't arrived. I doubt we ever do. 
but the sense of peace I have, the hobbies I've picked up like plants. Um, I remember you once gave someone advice to grow something. What I meant for aesthetics soon turned into a jungle of growth in my home and in my spirit. I'm close to water, sunshine and earth. I've slowed down to the point where I can start building the life I truly want and not the life my parents expect of me as an African child. In saying that though, I've met a beautiful chocolate man, (laughs) not a chocolate man's. (laughs) I've met a beautiful chocolate man after being super single for three years. Super single means no one will touch you with a barge pole. (laughs) I have edge of here on a plane on its way to me because there's no way I was going to miss that release. I'm finding myself in a period of reflection, which is necessary and can't think of any other way to let you know how grateful I am for what you do. I hope you've enjoyed reading my story. Whatever's next for you, I will support it within my means. So thank you for the unknowing part you've played in bringing me this far. Also, enjoy these pics. Yes, what? What? Oh, I love that pink outfit. Hook me up. Tell me about it. I love it. The pink top. Yeah, yeah. Not you with your toes out. (laughs) Oh my God, look at that smile. Crying is okay. You're allowed to feel things. You create tomorrow with what you do today. I love that you have those cards with you. Oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. That's made everything. Oh, that's made my day, made my night because I'm fully still here recording after I said that if I don't get out of this place. You've made my life. Thank you so much. And I think I always forget that. And I think I needed that reminder. Thank you. Again, I'm reading that. You can tell that I'm reading that for the first time because why am I reading? Like my tongue is tied into a bow. But I just sort of see messages, titles, the titles of emails and I just jump in there. But thank you. I really, really needed that. Especially what I said at the top of the show as well, that seeing um, 15 in the whole of, um, whole of the UK for hardback fiction, where I should be like, wow, that's incredible because it fucking is. It's incredible that that's happened, you know, for me as a debut author. And it's a short story collection. But then my head was like, but why didn't you get into the 10? Because if this had happened, this had been done, you would have gotten into that 10. And I had to check myself. And you are reminding me that it, my my purpose goes beyond lists. My purpose goes beyond charts. My purpose goes beyond sales and units. My purpose is far greater than that. And I know that a lot, a lot of us, our purpose is far greater than that, right? So thank you for that. Two slaps on your chest for that message. I truly, truly appreciate it. Um, I truly appreciate it. Just seeing a message there. Um, I need to stop hitting this mic. Anyway, let me stop talking. And actually for us to get into my interview with Tipper Irie, like I said, reggae legend in the UK and, you know, shows across the world, um, radio DJ, all of them things there. And I just think it's great to talk to elders about what they've been doing and, um, the reason I'm talking to Tipper, just so you know, is because he's got a book out that's called Stick to My Roots, an autobiography by Tipper Irie. Says here, a powerhouse, an icon, the OG original groundbreaker is instrumental in carving a foundation for young black British youths of my generation. That was a quote given by Courtier Newland, who's the author of A River Called Time. We were just on a panel together, put together by Dark Matter and Roundtable Books. So this is Tipper's book, Stick to My Roots. It's named after one of his songs. Um, So yeah, well, without further ado, I'll let you get into that situation. Oh, I feel like I should say like, Mr. 
Like I just <laughs> You know like I don't I don't like just like yeah. Hitting people who are older than I am With their name But at the same time yeah. I feel like it's your brand It's your thing right So Yes Yes So But thank you for, I'm going to say it Thank you for joining me Mr. Tipper Irie That's what I'm going to say Thank you Thank you darling Thank you Thank you so much um, For the invitation <laughs> It's like When I get these invitations I feel good Because when the younger generation Wants to interview me That makes me smile <laughs> Makes me happy So Yeah Thank you for the invite And it's a pleasure to be here To talk about my book Thank you so much like, Yeah I, I think it's a It's a wonderful book That spans the entirety Of your career So we've got Stick to my roots here Our habit showing here So it says here um, Stick to my roots An autobiography By uh, Tipper Irie A powerhouse and icon The OG original Groundbreaker Is instrumental In carving a foundation For young black British youths Of my generation That was said by Courtier Newland I was um, on a panel with him Like two weeks ago Talking oh, about Because wow. we've both got books out And they're like Sci-fi speculative fiction So we're talking about that Um so this is, it's just great that like everybody's kind of, we're all connected. And so that Brixton vibe, you grew up in Brixton, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was born in Dulwich Hospital. Yeah. Um, like most of us back in those times, we were born in Dulwich Hospital. But the majority of my childhood was in Brixton, just off of Coal Arbor Lane, like just between uh, Brixton and, and Camwell Green area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from, yeah, but Brixton, Lafra Junction, that, that, that area there and that was you know that was my stomping ground that's where <laughs> I kind of learned I learned my my trade and my craft and and yeah it was a good time for me I mean it was yeah. rough um for black people in general but we made the best of what we had you know yeah. what I mean and my parents were hard workers they were grafters you know what I mean and my dad had a greengrocer so I had all the sweets at school. So all the, <laughs> so everybody was my friend. I love that. Even your voice, like your voice is so like, it's, your voice is exactly what you do. Like when I was listening um, back to like from your old albums to um, the, um, I'm, um, I'm an African, that was the most recent yes. album, isn't it? So I was like going yeah. through your discography, um, hands down, Hey Girl is going to still be, um, hey, like it's going to, I just love it. Like, Thank you Yeah like There's so many And even Hooligan I feel like What I enjoy About your music Is that I mean we're going to Trace it back But what I enjoy About your music Is that You weren't afraid To like bring in The cultural things That were happening At that time yeah. With lyricism and melody It wasn't like Oh you know like Some people go Oh I'm just focusing on the art What's happening out there It's not really my business But To yeah. have a song that was like No you lot are actual hooligans You go to the football matches yeah. And you'll just act a yeah. fool Like It yeah. needed to be said yeah. Because I live yeah. Now I live close to Millwall And I remember oh, back wow. in the day Right I remember back in the day Like you're just not trying to go around there You're just not no. doing that No No Because You know It's like growing up you know, in South London, I guess it wasn't so bad because we had Crystal Palace um, and, and those kind of teams and Charlton where there was a lot of, you know, in those areas, it's a lot of, you know, racist people, if you like. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can say that, but yeah, at the time it, it, it was like that. And then, you know, but for us, whatever was happening, I think that's what made 
me and Papa Levi, Daddy Rusty, Sandy, Colonel, all of the Saxon MCs, you know, we just didn't care. We would talk about the riots. We would talk about racism. We would talk about football hooligans. And we would talk about Rupert the Bear. Yeah, you know exactly. Because we have range. So, it's not like we have to talk about one thing. Like, I can give you a song where I'm telling you that you're looking sexy. And at the same time, I can tell you that things are yeah. wild out here. Like, it, because we're multifaceted that, beings, we can talk about many yeah, things. That's right. And, you know, you have to, you know, for me, I I like to try to educate my people as much as I can and give them information that they might not know about. And a lot of the times when I do interviews, all of my interviews are different, you know what I mean? And people always find out because it's 40 years of music, um, heartache, pain, trial, tribulation, mm. breakups, divorce, all kinds of things, you know what I mean, mm. that I've gone through. You know, there's a lot for me to talk about. And then sometimes in certain interviews, I don't get the opportunity to cover the whole of it because it's just too much. It's a whole life. Like, I feel like we could do a whole yeah. series based on your experiences alone. I feel like this, you know, and for people who are watching on YouTube, like, you're not driving, like, you've parked up in case they're like, I yes. can't see what are you doing? So, like... You're... <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> Let me take off my seat, though, just in case they think that I'm, I'm, I'm still driving. Yeah, now, but no, but I, I... This is our life, you know, like, we're just trying to get all of the things done. Um, and so you mentioned um, the Saxon MCs and everything, and I love that because you you were you were part of your dad's sound system first, right? Yeah, my dad had a sound system. Um, basically, it was just he didn't really play out apart from in our basement of um, of where we lived, you know, because I had a green grocer. My well, my dad had a green grocer, and which was on the ground floor, and we lived on the top floor on on East Lake Road off of Colalba Lane. Mm -hmm. And then in the basement, there was two there was two rooms, and in and my dad turned those rooms into shubin, you know, mm -hmm. um, blues dance. So one room, you know, would be you know the room where the amplifier was and the preamp and where the music would be played and man would play card and mm. ludi and and domino and all of those things and then the next room was where the speaker was and that was the dancing room so i kind of learned my trade in the basement of my house of our house just practicing on my dad's sound systems and then you you make a sound system with your school friends. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you remember Commander B. He was on Choice FM yeah, yeah. Um, back in the day. Me and him were very good friends. We went to the same school. So we had a sound system together called um, Tippograph. That's kind of where I kept the Tipper name from. Mm -hmm. And um, and then, um, yeah, we, we had a sound called Younger Frontline. And then my friend, my cousin was friends with a brother called Mikey Rennie. And Mikey Rennie, he just passed away about a year ago now. Mm. And he was the the owner of Mikey Dread Sound. Okay. And then, so I was with his sound for a while. And then he is actually the brother of Cecil Rennie, who owns King Tubby's Sound. Okay. So Mikey brought me to his brother and said, yo, you need to listen to this You He's good. You should let him join the sound. So I linked up with King Tubbies and I was with, the, with them for a little while with General Slater. 
And, you know, I was traveling up, learning my trade really with them on King Tubby's. And then I was doing talent competitions, started yeah. to enter them and started to win. And then one talent competition, Dennis Rowe and Lloyd Francis from Saxon, they were just poaching any artist that was good, basically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So they came up to me and said, yo, you have to come and, you got to come and DJ on our sound. We want you on our sound as well. So I said, okay, let me come and have a look. So I was rolling with Daddy Rusty at the time, you know, who's what was like my best friend. You know, we used to roll everywhere together to the carnival, everything. Mm. And so I said, Rusty, come man, let's go and look over there and see what this sound is saying. So when I went over there, there was a lot of talented people, you know, yeah. um, people like Papa Levi, you know, Daddy Colonel was there, Maxi Priest, Ro- Roger Robin, all these talented people. So I thought, yeah, man, I like the vibes over there. Smiley Culture used to pass through and Asher Senator. Yeah, and that's the one I saw, like, they had some heavy hitters, like, as part of Saxon. Yeah. Like, they had heavy hitters. But I'm glad that you mentioned Smiley Culture because that's the one that hit me, you know, like, when I saw yeah. his name as part of, like, the thing, like, you lot were, to me, are, like, the literally the OGs of, like, what we know now. So I think even the yeah. birth of Pirate Radio, I would say, arguably, the birth of Pirate Radio and all of them things are due to the, the, the ways that you all contributed to the culture contributed to sound systems and then and over time all of these things then grew and evolved and then became whatever you know the things that we have now but smiley culture yeah obviously we all know what happened with the police and everything how are things like that for you as black men just trying to make your music do your thing observe um we're talking about you know like it's 50 years of hip-hop this year and all of those things and Britain had its definite thing and London had its definite thing but that didn't mean that it was just you know it wasn't in a vacuum you still had the establishments to contend with and some people essentially got killed by the establishment yeah I mean you know for real I mean it's always that institutional racism thing Mm -hmm. that comes up and we always have to face that the gatekeepers are there and they put those things in our way you know what I mean? And unfortunately, it's been there because, you know, it's difficult for us mm. as black British because we're in Britain and we don't get the the, the props that we deserve. Yes. You know what I mean? And you have a lot of, um, you know, you've got a lot of people that, do, that does our craft and don't do it as good as us. And yet still they're getting all they the exposure and, yeah. and getting, yeah, and make bank, you know? And then you, you know, when we go to the Caribbean, it's difficult for us there also because they still see us as black British, as yes. your English boy. Yes. You know what I mean? Because they've been so brainwashed by colonialism and, and all of that lot. When they see me, they see me as a black person, but you're a black boy from England. Yeah, you're yeah, not yeah. Jamaican. And it sounds, um, might sound strange to some people, but that's how it is because I, I did a, um, I did something called Dancehall Thursday out there in Jamaica a while back. Mm. And it's hosted by Peter Metro and and Major Mackerel. And I went on there and I smashed the place to pieces. And then the next day, you know, Major Mackerel, he contacted me and said, boy, you've done really good, you know, because Jamaican people, them not like foreigners, you know. (laughs) So, yeah. So that's, so this is what us, that's why, the black British thing, that's what I'm about. 
You know what I mean? That is me. And that's what I'm fighting. This is what I'm pushing so that people can know about us and our heritage. And we're here to tell our own story for ourselves, but mm. also educate people about what black people had to go through, you know, in Britain, because of course it was no, no black, blacks, no Irish, no dogs, dogs yeah, yeah. you know what I mean? So we had to go through all of that stuff when my parents came here, mm. you know, mm. so we still have to like fight for our rights to party. To party, it's literally. Right. We just want to have some... And it's funny that you say fight for our rights to party because I feel like um, you had songs coming out like, what, 1986? or yeah. You know, like them times. That's the year that I was yeah. born. And I'm thinking about that. And I'm, then I'm thinking yeah. about the new crossfires. Like, literally, we're trying to have yeah. a party and then racists are just doing what... That's right. Just, and That's right. And, it's and so like it's a testament don't... that you're here to tell this story because many people literally are not here. Yeah, that's right. And so we have to tell it. And it's a, a brethren of mine called Mark Wallace, you know what I mean? And Mark helped me to do this book. And we, when we spoke, we, we said that as much as telling my story, we still have to talk about the New Cross Fire, talk mm-hmm. about the Brixton riots, talk about Mongrels and, and all of these different things. Enoch Powell, Margaret Thatcher, yeah, yeah, all yeah. these, and the other, some of the devils that were around at the time. You know what I mean? So, you know, for me, it was important to put a lot of that stuff in the book and also feature people that have been in my life, like Ali Campbell, Maxi Priest, you know, Janet Kay, Jumping Jack Frost, people yeah. that I've grown up with in, in my life and in my career. Yeah, no, it's so important. Um, Jumping Jack Frost, he's, a, he's wonderful. Like I chat to him a little bit, like he's wonderful. And it's great to be able to, because for me, I don't like this um, thing that sometimes I see, not all the time, but when um, the younger generation or my generation are like, yeah, I'm the first to rah, rah, rah. You're not the first because there were people who have done it before. Like you, the only That's reason right. you can even do what you're doing is because somebody probably already did it before, but they got erased and they didn't get the the accolades. They didn't get the recognition that they deserve from yeah, doing well, the things. This- very true because you know obviously i have to pay homage to people like you roy big youth mm-hmm. trinity passed away recently dennis al capone tapazuki all these guys and then you know just after them you had charlie chaplin brigadier jerry josie wells and then a little later down the the, the mcs that i look up to are like papa san mm-hmm. lieutenant stitchy professor nuts all these guys, you know what I mean? And then in the UK, you know, it's people like Maccabee, you know? It's like when you look at Maccabee's lyrical content, you know, it's just like, it's incredible. Yeah. It's not it's not a joke. It's like the lyrics are just in so informative, so educational, so, you know, you know, so innovative, if that's a word, you know what I mean? That, innovative, yes, you know, yes, yeah, yeah. And they, and these people, they they're not getting the real props, yeah. what they deserve. And unfortunately, you know, it is what it is. You know, this is yeah. not our place. 
but we're, we're, but we're making a space like we're taking up space. So I'm really grateful that people like yourselves took up space in order that like people like myself and other people could come along later on. And um, because I found reading your book so useful because it was helping me trace things back. Like, you know, like people can tell you things about dates and times and this and that, but being able to read from your perspective, it was so useful. Like even just feeling at home, being able to read when you um, talk about um, partner, like what, where yeah. um, the Caribbean community had partner in um, like Yoruba or, you know, West African specifically, but I'd say Yoruba people from where my mum's um, people, they have um, Ajo, which is the same thing. We were kept out of the banking systems. So we had to figure out a way in order to help each other have the things that we yeah. have. And then now 100%. we're not really working that same way anymore. Well, I don't feel like the younger generation are really working that way. Um, anymore yeah. but these are the ways in which we survived by literally having community and so saying that I'm then looking at like Notting Hill Carnival because that's just recently taken place how yes. do you feel about the evolution of um, Carnival um, it, as it pertains to sound systems well for me it's like you know obviously it's changed with the police presence and how it's run, how it's organized. It was a lot more, I mean, obviously times change, mm. you know, but but it was a lot more freer back in the day. It didn't finish at seven o'clock. Mm. It went on right through, you know, into the late hours of the night. Um, in, in sound system wise, it's not changed that much different, to be honest, mm-hmm. because a lot of the same sounds are still there. Mm. Um, they're playing, they might be playing differently, because back in the day with Saxon, Saxon was an MC sound. Yeah. So you had people like myself, um, Papa Levi, Sandy, Rusty, Colonel, Miss Irie, my little sister that passed yes. away, oh. and and whole heap of other artists. And what made Saxon stood out from the rest is, be- it, it is that we had a decent sound system, we had good music, but we had MCs, yeah. you know? And, and that's what kind of set us apart from all the other sound systems. But I don't think sound system wise, Carnival has changed that much. You know, mm-hmm. there might be um, a, a bit more floats, I probably would say. Yeah. In fact, I think there was more floats. Yeah. But apart, but sound system wise, uh, to be honest, I don't feel it's changed that that much at all. Yeah. No, that's good. Because I feel like, that's what I was thinking, but I'm always careful of like, you know, when you're not in, like you're not ingrained deeply and in, like ingrained within a culture, it's always good to check because there was a lot of conversation happening on social media where people saw like, um, what was it that they were seeing people oil down? Um, oh yeah. I think it was Ju- Ju- Juve or like they saw people oiled down and stuff like that. What are they doing? Oh my God, what is that? And I'm just like, but how can you take part in the culture and not try to jab jab when then you don't understand what's happening, but you, um, you just want to comment, you know, like, so or I feel criticize, like, or criticize. yeah, or criticize. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, and, and especially when it's coming from other black people, you think surely you would take the time to just do a quick Google or ask one of the people, what? Oh, what is this about? Teach me or can I, where can yeah. I learn? You know? Yeah, well, well, definitely, and um, and it's like you find that even if you're you're trying to sell a book, you know, yeah. it's like people will come on your page. Oh, where can I guide the book? You know, <laughs> well, well, just like go to Google, <laughs> type in Google, type in Tipper Ivory book, it will come up. Do you know what I mean? And it's just like I don't know. Sometimes they just want to speak to you, yeah. or they just want to talk to you. 
But I wish they would just say, Tip, you know, I want to talk to you, you know, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but it's just like they're saying to me, like, where can I buy your book? Well, if I want to buy something, I go online and I go to Google. I type in what I want to buy yes. and it comes up. So anybody that's watching this, this podcast, <laughs> if you want to buy my book, just go to Google, type in Tip or Irie, stick to my roots and it will come up. No, it definitely will. And I will, and I will put the link in my, in the show notes as well. So, so people will know where to grab it, but thank you so, so much for speaking with me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I can't wait for people to read this. People who are very, very interested in learning about black British culture, about learning about the music that, that is so instrumental literally to um, black British culture. This is it. Like, make sure you get yourself a copy of Stick to My Roots by Tipper Irie so you can really start learning some things. But thank you for joining me. No problem, my people. Link up tipperirie.com. Yes. It's simple. And even if you want to buy the book, you could go to tipperirie.com. <laughs> it comes up and you click on it. And it will say order now and you click on it and it'll take you to Amazon. So that's it. And it's listen, out right now. Empress. So it's not one of the, it's not one of them pre-order things. It's out right now. So go and get involved. But thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, darling. Bless you. Bless you. You take care. All right. Bye bye. I hope you enjoyed that. Thank you, Tippa, for speaking with me. Two slaps on your chest and big up yourself for Stick to My Roots, your book, your autobiography. Um, I'm going to have a link in the show notes so you can grab the link from there to support the book. Um, wonderful scenes, wonderful scenes. Um, so let's get into So You Mad then. Let's just get straight into So You Mad. Um, the Irish gymnastics, uh, whatever they're called, they're, I've got to look it up. But basically there was a video circulating. They say the video is um, a year or so or over a year old of this Irish gymnastics sort of like competition or um, day. And there's one black girl in a lineup as everyone, all the girls are getting medals. And then the white woman who's giving out the medals literally skips the black girl and continues giving everybody else medals. Lots of people have tagged me in the video. I've said, stop tagging me, but people don't like to listen. I've seen the video. Um, it's really sad that, and this is the thing when people say, oh, you know what? You didn't have the same childhood as me. No, because we were navigating racism, like all of the time. Like there was no break from us navigating racism. So we'll see if Jonathan can actually include a little, um, snippet of the video, maybe somewhere here. Right. But, um, yeah, she just goes ahead. She's giving out the medals, giving out the medals to all of the girls and just misses out the black girl. And then somebody's taking a picture of her just not receiving the medal as well. And there was no reason for it. Like, there's just no reason for her to have done that. There's no reason for her to have done that. The woman who was handing out the medals, like, she just chose to miss the black girl out. And... Again, it's the unchecked jealousy, contempt, resentment that white women have for dark-skinned black girls that they never have to like face. Like they're they're never confronted with that weird behavior. Because I I saw it all throughout primary school, even secondary school. Like they just never had to confront it. They didn't ever ask themselves why they were harsher to um dark-skinned black girls in comparison to white girls. They just felt like it was okay. Anyway, the Gymnastics Island um, people put out a statement, which was very bullshit, 
basically they said here let me not knock everything on my table down we are aware of a video that has been posted on social media relating to an incident that took place over 18 months ago at a gym start event in march 2022 for which we received a complaint from the parents of one of our members subsequently both parties agreed to enter mediation which was independently facilitated by sports dispute solutions island as per our policy slash procedure, which led to a resolution agreed by both parties in August 2023. So that's what a year later. Interesting background, they say here. The complaint alleged um, racist behavior by one of our officials at the event. On receipt of the email, as per our policy and standard practice in relation to complaints, we investigated the matter. Gymnastics Island immediately contacted the family to express concern and reassure them that the matter was being investigated. We identified the official concerned and informed the individual in question of the complaint. The official in question accepted fully that what had happened had not been acceptable, but stressed that it had not been intentional. What the fuck do you mean it wasn't intentional? You literally looked the girl in the face, skipped her and went to give a medal onto the white girls. What do you mean? The official concerned said that upon realizing the mistake, they immediately rectified it. No, you didn't. And ensured that the competitor concerned was presented with her medal before she left the um, field of play. The official also expressed deep regret for what they described as an honest error. No, it wasn't honest. And requested the opportunity to apologize in person to the competitor and her family. The request was initially declined as it should have been. You could fuck off. A written apology provided by the identified individual has since been issued to the competitor and her family. At all times, we have remained engaged with various parties, RE the incident, including Sport Island and the International Gymnastics Federation, in addition to various media outlets as and when they have approached us following being contacted regarding this matter. Subsequently, both parties agreed to enter mediation, which was independently facilitated by Sports um, Dispute Solutions Island, as per our policy slash procedure, which led to a resolution agreed by both parties in August 2023. You already said that. Um, Then they talk about Gymnastics Island member safeguarding. At the heart of everything we do in Gymnastics Island is the welfare of our 36,000 plus members. We have always recognised the duty of care we have for a membership base that starts with young children and is predominantly children and teenagers. We have always been and will continue to be very inclusive, be a very inclusive sport with a very diverse community of members covering all races, ages, genders, sexualities and socioeconomic groups. Our safeguarding policies set out clear standards of behaviour. We expect not alone from our coaches and gymnasts, but also from our clubs, officials, administrators, parents and guardians and those who attend our events. The well-being and safety of gymnasts is at the heart of everything we do. To that end, we um, we interact on a continuous basis with bodies such as Sport Island, Tussler, uh, the Gardai, and other state slash um, state agencies slash partners to ensure we are always up to date with best practice in relation to member welfare. You said a whole bunch of nothing. You care so much about safeguarding that happened and you've done what? Oh, they've they entered into mediation. It's all fine now. It's disgusting. It's very, very disgusting when we consider what black gymnasts have to go through anyway. There was no reason for that official to do that. Like there were white girls, white girls, white girls, white girls. She gets to the black girl, misses the black girl, continues with the white girls. Like 
There was no need for that to happen If not for the fact that you're a nasty piece of shit Anyway Just thought I'd share that And the response being trash Moving on to further trash The president of Guyana Erfan Ali Was talking on um, British news recently On uh, one of the British media platforms And talking about reparations If you don't know Because we're getting closer to Pluto going into Aquarius For the next 20 years A lot of the um, formerly colonized states Are asking for reparations It's not going to be a conversation that goes away I feel like that's actually what's going to And I think I've said this before I feel like that's what's going to get the monarchy done out they're going to have to pay back so much that they're going to have to decide whether you you want to remain a monarchy or you just want to become private citizens and take your money with you, but you're not going to be able to do both. So I think that that's where all of the things are going to go on. So, um, oh, would you look at that? Would you look at that? It's good morning, Britain. <laughs> oh, good morning, Britain. Interesting. Anyway, let's see what they say. So they're talking with... Um, the president of Guyana, like I said, and Richard Madley, or is it Madeleys? He's the one that's asking the questions. I'm going to play it now. Hold on. One of the points you're going to be making today is about our royal family. And you feel that um, it's not just about uh, the, the finances involved here in terms of reparations for slavery. It's about the gestures. And you think that the British royal family should make a big gesture, don't you? What do you mean? Hand over a palace to your country? Yeah. Five, in fact. Yeah. Well, no, we don't want to hand. We don't want the British to hand over a palace that we built. <laughs> you know, if you go into many of the palaces in, in, in Britain, you will see the lovely green hardwood from Guyana. You will see the, the sweat, tears, and blood of, of, of the slaves who were exploited. So, what do you and, want? And the revenue that so, was that was earned from their exploitation. So, we are not asking for a palace. We are asking for justice. And one of the points you're going to be making today is about our royal family. So he says that, that, that he's um, like, we're asking for... Be... Um, why is it going on? No, on. So he's like, well, making we're asking... About our royal... So he's like, yeah, we're, we're asking for justice. And to them, it's like the worst thing that anybody could say. And then he goes on to basically talk about, well, um, aside from that, we also, um, you know... Well, Richard t- says um, something along the lines of like, oh, so you just want people to be apologizing? Why should they have to apologize for something that was done by one of their relatives or, you know, one of their ancestors like ages ago? Why should they have to apologize? And I was just like, um, because like y'all did that shit. Like, wh- what do you mean? Why do they have to apologize? It's just it's just very weird to me. It's very, very weird to me. I was listening to the whole thing and I just thought, like, why are you losing it? Why why are you, as an individual, why are you getting upset that this has been asked of you? Like, what is the actual problem? Um, But yeah, he breaks it down in a number of ways and he talks about the fact that it's not a burden. We're just literally asking for what is owed to us. Oh, should they give palaces? Like, white men always do that. White people generally, they'll make one kind of assertion that's meant to sound ridiculous. And it's actually like, no, that's actually the answer. Yeah. Yeah, give us a palace then Give us a palace then Like, you're saying it like it's ridiculous Give us a palace then In fact, give us a few Because at the end of the day You wouldn't have those palaces Were it not for the what was happening um, On these Caribbean islands What was happening in various parts of the world To fund this So yeah, absolutely hand over a palace Why not? And my when people give this kind of um, response Where they're like, oh, well um, why should I be responsible for what ancestors did ages ago when, you know, 
And why should I apologize? And why should I do all of these things? All right. So the example I've come up with is this. Stick with me. I was just talking about timber earlier when I was talking about the ark, right? So I've got a forest. I've got a forest. You come into my forest. You fuck me up. Rape me. Steal my shit. Fuck up everything. And then you take a lot of my wood. You take my wood, you absolutely ransack my forest. Like you take my forest down, you raise my forest. Like you take it down to the fucking ground, right? And once you've done that, you then poison my soil, right? You poison my soil. You make it so that I can't actually grow any more trees or I can't grow trees the ways that in which I was growing it before. And every time I grow a tree, you come back to come and take the wood or you ask for a large portion of the of the wood. Um, and so you take that, those um, trees, you get all the wood and you build yourself houses upon houses, like these wooden lodges, like you build all of these things. So you've built them and then you die. But all of those lodges are still there. All of that wood is still there. And in fact, you've still got a lot of wood that you haven't used and it's just sitting there. You've still got a lot of wood that you haven't used that's just sitting there. And you also have the means to help me reconfigure um, my soil. Yeah, you've got all of that. So, but you've died, but you've got all of the people that your offspring, they are living in those um, lodges, those wooden lodges. In fact, they're using some of the wood to bring, to build more. And people are like, wow, you're so talented. Look at how you're building the, your self-made, your, your, you know, your, your self-wood. Like you're just, you're just, you're self-timbered. Like you're just building all of this shit. Like you're so incredible. Meanwhile, they're using the wood that they was given by you because you died and you left them the wood. All right. So now I've come over and I've gone, that, those are mighty fine lodges that you have there. I can't really grow as many trees though, as you know, as what I should. So do you think that you could give me my wood back and not just give me my wood, but also help with me sorting out the soil so I can actually grow trees so I can get on with what I need to be doing. And I don't want to give you any more chunks of wood by the way, you have enough now, you can sort yourself out. And then you go, but why should I give it to you? Because at the end of the day, the ancestor that took all of this from you, they're dead now. What do I have to do with it? What you have to do with it is that you're living in the fucking wood lodges, like you're living in them and you've still got the wood out back. You've still got an excess of wood out back, right? So there are two options in this situation and two options only. Give me a lot of my wood back and also give me a a few of those wooden lodges as well to live in, right? Help me figure out my soil that you fucked intentionally. You help me bring it back to life, right? Never, evanescence, isn't it? You help me bring it back to life or everything burns. Like we can all be mad together everything burns. You choose. Because to me, that's what it is. People will really stretch their thin lips and their raggedy throats to be like, oh, but what have I got to do with it? You've got everything to do with it because you're still benefiting from the thing right now. What the fuck do you mean? What do I have to do with it? Give the people that back their things. 
But President of Guyana, all the people of Barbados, like all of the people that are doing what needs to be done, ab- absolutely apply pressure. I don't care how much they lose it. Continue applying that pressure, baby. It's necessary. I was so sleepy before this. This is why I ended up recording so late, but now I've got all of the energy. Imagine. Then I saw this story as well, which I thought was interesting. It says here, man dies driving off collapsed bridge following Google Maps and family sues. Philip Paxson drowned in September last year after his Jeep Gladiator plunged into Snow Creek in Hickory, North Carolina. Google is being sued by the family of a man who drove off a collapsed bridge while following Google Maps. The family of Philip Paxson are accusing the tech giant of negligence, claiming they had been informed the bridge had been collapsed for five years, but failed to update their navigation system. The medical device salesman and father of two drowned in September last year after his Jeep, like I said, went into Snow Creek in Hickory, North Carolina. He was driving home from his daughter's ninth birthday party through an unfamiliar neighborhood when Google Maps allegedly directed him to cross the collapsed bridge. Our girls ask how and why their daddy died and I'm at a loss for words they can understand because as an adult, I still can't understand how those responsible for the GPS directions and the bridge could have acted with so little regard for human life, his wife Alicia Paxson said. Police who found Paxson's body, um, they've spelled his name wrong here. The police who found Paxson's body in his overturned and partially submerged truck said there were no barriers of or warning signs along the washed out roadway. He had driven, driven off an unguarded edge and crashed about 20 feet, feet below, according to the lawsuit. Um, the lawsuit named several private property management companies that it claims are responsible for the bridge and the adjoining land. Wow, that picture is mad, mad. There's literally nothing there. Multiple people had notified Google Maps about the collapse in the years leading up to Paxson's death and had urged the company to update its route information according to the lawsuit. The court filing includes email records from another Hickory resident who had used the maps suggest an edit feature in September 2020 to alert the company that it was directing drivers over the collapsed bridge. In November 2020, email confirmation from Google confirms the company received her report and was reviewing the suggested change, but the lawsuit claims Google took no further action. We have the deepest sympathies for the Paxson family, Google spokesperson M. Jose Castaneda told the Associated Press. Our goal is to provide accurate um, routing information in maps and we are reviewing this lawsuit. There's nothing to review. Open your purse. (laughs) Open your purse. Open your purse. Open your purse. Because sometimes I'm just like, you know, like sometimes you're using sat-nav and you're just like, do you hate me? Because why, why do you think I can go down? I mean, I know that some things happen so quickly that the maps can't keep up, but a collapsed bridge, a bridge that's been collapsed for a while, you couldn't update it. Open your purse immediately. (laughs) You lot, you're going to pay. You're going to pay through your nostril. (laughs) There is no way. There's no way around that. And honestly, my thoughts go out to the family because that's some bullshit. Really sorry. Um, I saw another piece that said that Jill Dando um, was in the wrong place at the wrong time. Some BBC piece that they wrote, um, I guess it comes before a Netflix documentary that talks about Jill Dando. Um, and her assassination because that's what it was it was an assassination so um she wasn't in the wrong place at the wrong time she was at her doorstep she clearly 
a hit was put out on her, clearly. Or if you want me to say allegedly, I'll say that too. But R.I.P. Jill Dando. Because um, clearly she was onto something. She was onto something that she wanted to share with the world. And they said, no, 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 not today. So telling the truth is extremely important in any way that all of us can. So that's that for So You Mad. Straw of the Week, a.k.a. Suck Your Mum. Um, surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. It's the Met Police. Would you believe it? The police officers who... So for context, the police officer who shot Chris Cabber um, has this... in the. Um, last week being charged with murder The trial is set for September 2024 And um, in that time they're applying to keep his um, identity um, anonymous Interesting to me And um, yeah So all of that is happening And I imagine because he's suspended from the Met Police He continues to get um, paid while he's um, suspended Okay um, So all of that's doing what it's doing now, the armed um, section of the Met Police have, Some of the armed um, Met Police officers Have decided to turn in their guns Because they're upset that One of their colleagues has been charged with murder And their whole thing is like Well, if we can be sent to jail For doing our job Then what's the point of doing our job? Exactly, exactly Yeah, exactly Don't do the job Don't do it Don't do it or we're handing in our guns in protest Okay, sure fine, fine, do that It's not by force It's literally not by force Because if you can't not shoot people Who are unarmed, who ain't done nothing to you Then you shouldn't, you shouldn't be in the role Like yeah, hand over the guns Because if it was it Carrick Cousins was I don't know if Cousins was armed police But um, Carrick definitely was The one that got, was on 49 counts of sexual assault Like There are sickos in you lot's midst Fine, hand in the guns You're like Don't threaten me with a good time Hand the guns in Yeah, do that You pricks Like suck out Doing that to pressure What? To pressure the CPS And Crown Prosecution Service To be like Oh my god No, this is not fair What? Do you think you're above the law? Would you think you're about your law enforcement? That doesn't make you above the law But clearly you've been given free reign And you think that none of this applies to you And they did similar in 2004 When, um, was it Harry Stanley? You know, he was shot in the head and the hand Because it, um, they got the armed police um, Two police officers shot him Because they were told that he had a sawn off shotgun with him in his bag When actually it was a table leg Because his brother Or brother-in-law Somebody had re- re- um, repaired something for him A coffee table leg That's what he had in his bag And they shot him um, And then in 2004 And um, five years after he was shot and killed um, Police officers were like We're protesting And they did the whole thing with Well we're not taking our guns Then we're not using our guns Fine Don't fucking use it Fine Fine Because like I said Don't tempt me with a good time Fine but Suella Braverman came out today, fucking cow, talking about, oh, I'm going to do everything I can to show them support because they should be, I'm going to set up an inquiry into armed policing because, you know, we need them. They provide us safety and they shouldn't feel fear in doing their jobs. And I just feel like you're a nasty individual. My God, you are a depraved, nasty cunt of a person. Like that is you affecting the court case in real time. 
you're telling us that for the sake of a fair trial, it's best to keep this police officer's identity anonymous. But it's absolutely okay for police officers to start pressuring CPS and by being like, oh, and pressuring the jury in a certain um, to a certain degree by being like, we're not going to carry our guns then. Find the trial is in 2024. You could be like, oh, the jury isn't the jury isn't set yet, but they're gonna be seeing this. They're gonna be seeing this in the papers should they get chosen. So you're already impacting the fairness of the trial by doing this. And Suella is also impacting the fairness of the trial with what she's doing. This is disgusting. This is justice being rigged in real time. This is not fair. I don't, I don't even have a mad sort of like wild hole or like a soliloquy to deliver over it. It's just fucking unfair. Like, I really don't know for this country, man. It's mad. I feel like I've talked, but all I wanted to say was absolutely suck out. Suck out, you like infantile. Like there are over a thousand Met Police officers are currently suspended for misconduct, some such and such, right? This is not the hill that you lot should be dying on, right? Oh, a few bad apples. It seems like it's a lot. It's a large percentage of the apples, yeah? Boy, that's all I got. That is all I got. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with myself and Tipper Irie. Um, thank you to everybody that sent lovely messages in. Thank you, baby girl, for your tarot question earlier. Um, like I said, Saturday 30th of September, I'll be at the British Library um, as part of Africa Rights Festival. Um, so come through. Um, tickets are cheap. Come through. And the week after that, 7th of October, please get your ticket to the, or your tickets to Say Your Mind live show at Peckham Playground. And it's in the afternoon. Remember that it's at 1pm or before that. Well, starts at 1pm. So be there, be there. And that's it. That's all I got. That is all I've got. Thank you so much for tuning in for another week of me talking all of my things and you listening. And yeah, I've been Kalechi Okafor and this has been SYM, officially known as Say Your Mind, unofficially known as What What? That's right, suck your mum. Love you all so much, unless you're a hater, in which case, burn, choke. Um, but that's it. <laughs> that's it. Catch you on the flip side. Peace. It's the Ben's Brunani woman is baby boys, baby girls, you need to hear this. Keep it sit down, sit down, receive this realness. Make sure your cup's ready for the tea, we are go sippy, yo. Hard time scrolling for your long drawers. You might learn something you never know. Collect you find, and she's one of a kind. Don't say you mind, say you mind.